This is No Stop Lights with Ken Ard. Thank you for finding us again. No Stop Lights. I want to thank our sponsors, Pepsi of Florence, Carolina Bank, Mickey Finns, Marlboro Pity Electric Co-op, Francis Marion University, McLeod Health, McCall Farms, Victor's PLC, uh, Commercial Real Estate. That's kind of an appropriate list of sponsors as we uh, we, we, we steered a lot of these podcasts away from politics on purpose. Now, that I'm not denying that some are very political. Some are very national. We talked a lot about Trump and Biden. We've talked a lot about immigration. I mean, that, that's whether you choose to be political or not, you are. If you drive on a highway, taxpayers paid for it. If you walk into a building, odds are, you know, the government had something to do with that building. So to suggest that we're going to be apolitical every day, 24-7, is disingenuous. So we're not doing that. But when I look at the sponsors and I think about this podcast, the two most recent we've done, one we did with Ben Ziegler, an attorney here in town, who's kind of a um, a self-taught historian, a resident historian, if you will. We did a lot of work on Francis Marion, General Marion, his role in the Revolutionary War. Ben and I have agreed we're going to do a series called Road to the Revolution, some of the colonist days, how we got there, um, some of the thought leaders, Jefferson Adams in particular, um, you know, what they were doing while Marion was doing his thing uh, in the swamps of the PD, hence the name Swamp Fox. But um, And then we had Councilman William Schofield just got elected chairman of county council with us in the last podcast. So we're trying to make sure we honor the commitment we made to these sponsors that this was going to be very local. We're going to pay a lot of attention to our local economy, our local politics, our local um, culture. And when I heard news on Facebook, um, and I'm not going to misrepresent, this guy's not a big friend of mine, but he and I are acquaintances. Uh, we have a lot of mutual friends, but I've known Joe a long time. Um, and, and I decided, okay, if we're going to talk about our community and if we're going to highlight and accentuate some of the movers and shakers of our community, why not somebody who started a business over 40 years ago, and I got to believe had a lot of ebbs and flows and gyrations and good times and bad times. But uh, but back to the, uh, to the Facebook post I read toward the end of last week that Salty's um, Joe Waters was going to sell salties and move along. I guess he'll tell you, catch a better wave uh, one of these days. And I asked Joe to sit down with us and kind of um, walk through the life of a business owner in this community, the life of owning a business in this community. Joe is um, has been at it for over 40 years. Some know the history. Some don't know the history. But I remember, and I want to be kind of begin the conversation, Joe, if you don't mind, uh, by saying that when someone opened a barbecue place, in Florence County, okay, that makes sense. When somebody opened a muffler shop, okay, that makes sense. When somebody opened a tire shop, I'm going, okay, I get it. Hamburger joint, I get it. And I remember one of these days many, many years ago in the old Florence Mall, I'm strolling along and there's Surfy's Salty's Surf Shop, and I'm going, that guy's lost his mind. I mean, there's no way you can make a living in a, in a surf shop, not in Garden City, not at Ocean Isle, not, not at Pauly's Island, but rather Florence, South Carolina. To begin with, welcome. Good hey. to have you, Joe. Hey. So, so let's let's start there. When when I made the assumption that you would fail sooner than later, because there's no way anybody can make a go of it at a surf shop in, in, in the good old PD region of South Carolina, what made you believe that you could? Uh, <clears throat> since I got out of college, I uh, went down to Garden City, and I was selling real estate, but I was <clears throat> in a bad downturn at the time, and I was like, whoa, I got to 
do something else because this just is not working out because it's so slow. And I was just, I was noticing surf shops popping up. And I don't know if anybody remembers the old OD surf shop from way back. <clears throat> but I, was, I watched that and it's a big, nice surf shop. And, and, and it was just packed. Everybody was just going in there. It was going crazy in there. And I was like, okay, man, you know, I'm a surfer. And how did I get involved in this? And, and I was at Ocean Isle at the time. Well, I was at Garden City. My dad had a beach house at Ocean Isle called the Salty Waters. That was the name of the beach house. And, and, and I was asking my mom, you know, I was like, you know, what? what's a good name for this? She goes, well, how about Salties? And I was like, okay, okay. And I thought about it, and I finally decided, okay, that's it. So <clears throat> we opened up a shop at Ocean Isle, a little tiny, small shop. I brought in uh, surfboards and Quicksilver board shorts. And, uh, you know, we were just, we were doing small numbers, but we were managed to stay afloat. And after two years of that, I was like, <clears throat> I was just notice, noticing surf, surf shops were just going crazy. So I was like, okay, let's give it a shot in Florence. You know, it's my hometown. So I went there and and we started over there inside the Florence Mall. And uh, Jamie Harris was my first employee, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> he was helping me. And uh, so anyway, we opened up right there in that little breezeway and um, across from Cary Nations and and skateboards have just started hitting it big right then. I mean, skateboards with the Tony Hawks and all that, man, everybody was just going absolutely crazy. And um, so we got a lot of traffic from skateboards and, and, and other people who own businesses in the Florence Mall. They could not believe the traffic that Little Salties was getting at the time. They were just shaking their heads. They couldn't believe it, you know, and, so then we moved around the corner and got a larger store. And then and then uh, through the years, we moved outside to the mall, outside over on, on the corner where the Steinmart um, used to have their um, shipping coming in. And then we moved to the right where the children's store used to be. So we moved four times in that building right there. But, um, you know, <clears throat> we had our good times. We had our bad times. But uh, we were we were we were managed to keep it together. Okay, when did you make the decision to go build a building? Because I'm thinking to myself, he doesn't sell barbecue, he's not putting mufflers on, but some of them staying in business some way somehow. Once again, not in Garden City, not not at Ocean Isle, but in Florence, South Carolina. When did you believe that it was worth? trying to really, and, I, and I'm talking about, I know you were in business there, but you went out and borrowed money, I got to believe, and yeah. bought a building, piece of land, mm -hmm. built a big uh, kind of a complex there. When did you decide to do that, and what what made you believe that was the right time to do it? Well, I was at the Florence Mall, and those guys were not easy to deal with at all, I mean, and they were going to raise my rent <clears throat> for like like 1000 bucks or $2,000. I was like, whoa. So my wife, Esther Connie, she spotted it's the Southern Woods of Gibbs building. That's what it was. She spotted it, and she said, what do you think about it? I was like, well, let me see what I can do. You know, So um, um, I made some phone calls. Luckily, I got a hold of some really good people. Keith Buckhouse, by, if you want to name a name. Mm -hmm. And Keith, he helped me out so much. I mean, I couldn't have done it without him. I would not have got that building without Keith Buckhouse, just to let you know that. And so he's the one who... Um, Helped me out, and my brother-in-law, Jim Lyles, he also helped me. So those two is the one who put it all together for me. 
to uh, get that building, and then we moved everything over there. And that, you know, being in this business right here is tough. So you got to have something at the end of your story to help help pay off at the very end. And that's that's like the, the gold at the end of the rainbow. rainbows. Owning the building, owning, owning the land. Yes, I mean, yes. that, that empowers the, the owner. Yeah. I mean, there's something, like you said, everything can fail, but that's mine. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and exactly. mine are the banks to begin with. Yeah. And, and eventually, yeah, it, we, yeah, it becomes yours. Okay, I got a weird question for you. Okay. You're a surfer. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Yeah. When I go in Salties, do you know who the, the real surfers are and who the phonies are? Yes, yeah, easy to spot. So, so, so tell me why. When I walk in there, when somebody walks in who's a surfer, how do you know they are genuinely interested in that? And how do you know? I mean, people like me would say, wow. I mean, that's kind of popular right now. So I want to be a, a Paola Kai flip-flops would be something that comes to mind. I mean, I go to your place and get my flip-flops and things like that for the for the summer. But, but Joe, how do you know? How does a fellow surfer know when somebody comes in the building, they're, they're actually kind of a diehard surfer? Clothing, clothing, what they wear, like <clears throat> whether they have a surf T-shirt on, they would generally have a pair of shorts on, which is not tight, not loose, kind of in between, you know, right to the knees, I guess you'd say, with a surf T-shirt on. The hair would be a little uh, <laughs> shabby, you know, and, um, yeah, just a real laid-back type character, you know. Is is and 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 that's who you were. Is that fair to say in your youth? I yeah. mean, you talked about being a surfer. Yeah. You yeah. impressed me to be the kind of not a real formal guy. Yeah, yeah. Not not a real dressed up yeah. guy. So, um, I mean, it was it a labor of love, or or was it genuinely something you knew you had to make work to pay your bills? Yeah, I'd say more or less um, <clears throat> something. You know, my dad. Okay, this is my dad, who owned Warder's Funeral Home. Okay. And he, he worked his butt off. And so when I got out of college, he he wanted to make sure I had a job and I was working immediately. He, he'd, he'd bust in my door at 5 a.m., Joe, get your butt out of, out, of, out of bed, go find you a job. So, you know, and I, and I said, okay, I got, you know, he lit a fire in me. I had to, I had to do something. Went and sold real estate. That didn't quite work out. So I did this. And, uh, you know, I want to make him proud because he, he did, you know, he worked very hard. Worked hard to put you where you are, yeah, to give exactly you a leg up, yeah. so, so, such as my dad did. And a lot of us mm-hmm. have that uh, similar story. Yeah. So um, so have, I mean, the, the products that you carry, the products mm-hmm. that you've carried over the years, yeah. do, do, how many you get right and how many get wrong? When you get something in there and you say, man, I think this will sell, yeah. and it doesn't. Yeah, man, yeah. I'm not sure this will sell, and it does. Yeah, yeah. Is it a science? Is it a hunch? Is it a gut instinct? Man, that, you're right on. That, the product means everything. Every, it really does. So, um, so yeah, some of them you get wrong. Generally, the ones, uh, the ones. Give me, give me an example of something you got wrong. God, let me think. Um, God, something. Probably bad. rather talk about something you got right. God, I gotta think of something bad. Let me think. <laughs> uh, man. Um, oh, okay. I got one for you. Kickwear, a karate surf line. <laughs> A karate surf line. A karate surf line. Yeah. What made you think that, that that might fly? I was just trying to help a friend out. He's, <laughs> he said, and, and actually, John Taylor, he's actually from this town. And uh, he used to work for me at Ocean Isle, too. And he got some jobs repping by working at my store. And he had this line named Kickwear. He says, it's the brand new thing. It's, it, you got to go for it because uh, it's 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 it's. It's uh it's banging, he says. So I was like, 
It's banging. Yeah. I was like, okay, let's bring it in. Let's give it a shot. And that was a total dud. Total dud. Total dud. So, um, uh, on the other end of the spectrum, what has what been a memorable bestseller? Well, I can just tell you this. Um, when I first got started in 1983 at Ocean um, I could not have made it with Quicks, without Quicksilver. I can tell you that. Because as soon as I got in there, and <clears throat> these other guys were trying to put me out of business from the get-go. So they marked everything half price the whole summer. And I was like, whoa. So anyway, and they had a better location than I did. So to get people in my store, luckily I had Quicksilver. You familiar with Quicksilver? Sure. Yeah. Been okay. around a long time. Yeah. That company got me. It wasn't for those guys. I would not be here. There's no doubt about it. So how many fashions, I mean, how many changes have you seen uh, in, in, in what I'll call surfwear? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I go to the beach a lot. You and I were talking before the podcast. I go to the beach a lot and I catch myself Wearing, a, I think it's what, a village get, a surf shop in Garden City? Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, as I was a kid, I, I, you know, that, I wanted to be that. I wanted yeah. to go there. All mm-hmm. the girls were there. All the exactly, cool stuff yeah. was there. I know so I would guys. buy. Okay. So, I mean, is it a way of life? I mean, is it is it a is it a reflection of your personality? It's an addiction. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Explain that. It's an addiction. I just saw a, a post yesterday about surfing. Is similar to heroin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it talked about. And it is, man. It's just, I don't know. It's something you do. And, uh, okay, the thing about the East Coast, you don't get a lot of waves here, okay? so Why we, is that, Joe? You're a surfer. Why don't we get the waves on the East Coast they do on the West? Well, if you think about the way the world uh, turns, so you have all, all, of the, um, all the storms come from... Uh, west to east, so they come into California, and they got to cross all the way over, and then they head out to sea. So France, Spain, Puerto Rico is getting the storm systems that come off of us. We get the wind, and then when the wind switches, so we get what you call a wind swell because the winds build, and then you have the front that comes over, and then the wind switch offshore, so you have that one day of getting waves where these guys get five and six days away. So, and, and so you really, you know, you, you really, you really got to work hard as an East coast surfer to, to, to catch that wave. And it, you know, it turns into, you know, Hey, you know, you really want it bad. You know what I mean? That's one thing about it. East coast surfers want it worse than anybody else. Because, Cause you don't get it as often. Exactly. Like, you got to work harder to get it. Yeah. Like, you know, you got Kelly Slater, 11 time world champion out of Florida. I mean, you know, stuff like that, you know. So I'm a football junkie. Okay. Lambeau Field would be, you know, on my bucket list. Mm-hmm. I want to go to Lambeau, and I hope it's cold when I go, okay. and I want to watch the Packers play the Bears or the Packers play the Cowboys. Yeah. What is Lambeau Field for you as a surfer? Bali. Bali and Hawaii. Those... Have you been there? Yes. Was it everything you thought it would be? Uh, more so. I mean. Explain that, Joe. Well, <clears throat> I had, it's a really long story, but my, my daughter was over there and she was struggling because she went, it's a long story two months ago. So I flew all the way over there to be with my daughter. And, what daddies do? Yeah. And so, and I always said, I want to go to Bali before I die. That's, that's my goal in life because the waves, they're absolutely perfect. I mean, you got these waves coming in and they hit these reefs. 
and they peel off. I mean, it's, it's, if you just watch a wave, it's mesmerizing how perfect these waves are. And so, but you get over there, the dollar is so strong over there compared to the dollar over there. I mean, you cruise around like you're a millionaire, man. It's like, I've never experienced this in my life. I said, I'll take 10 of those. I'll take five, you know, like happy hour. How much is that? A dollar? Okay, I'll take 10. And we got all these people here, you know, and the food, like best food you ever ate in your life. It's like, you know, three bucks versus here you pay 20 bucks or 25 bucks. We, I remember one time we went, they had fishing boats come and land on the beach and you got tables out there and they, they, they take the fish, they clean it in front of you and cook it right in front of your, on this little table right there. That was, I fed like five or six, like 50 bucks, 45 bucks. I mean, and we stayed in a place. It was like little huts, really nice little huts and $28 a night, probably around here to be 350 or 400. <laughs> I mean, so you just cruise around and you're going, oh, this is the best part. An hour must our hour, hour massage, $10. $10 for hour massage. It'd be over 100 here. Yeah. And, you know, they knew my daughter by name, Edron. Edron. What do, what, what do you like, Edron? <laughs> you know. so, anyway. so, so why do you believe, because you'd be a good guy to ask this, why are we so entranced with the ocean? Why is it that human beings are drawn to water? Um I mean, you're talking about some of these places along the East Coast. I mean, maybe the waves aren't as big, but the lots are expensive. Yeah, yeah. And the cost of living is is, is going crazy. You've seen it. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember when houses were reasonable yeah. and it wasn't that crowded. Mm-hmm. All of us. Why do you think yeah. people are so infatuated with living near the ocean? That's another thing. I, 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 look, I looked online, like on Instagram or something, and it talks about when you look at water, any body of water there is, Immediately, your blood pressure drops, you know, and you relax. It's something about the water just staring out there. Now, this is funny, too. My dad, um, this is back in the day, he goes, he goes, Jim, he goes, either you're surfing or staring out there just looking at looking at the waves. He said, isn't there something else to do besides that? And I'm like, I, get, I don't know. I guess this is what I like to do. But so. you were always drawn to that. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. We've, you know— um, you know, my friend, uh, I don't know if you remember, you, you know Tag Andy? You remember Tag? Heard the name. And Buddy. Yeah. And um, and Took, that's his dad, Took Andy. They had two houses at Garden City. And we were best friends, and he'd invite me down there. That's where I started surfing. And we get on the boat, do all the stuff through the sloughs and stuff like that, have the time of our lives, and uh, it's just a fantastic time. And he's the one who got me into it. Could yeah. you have been as successful at Salty's if you didn't love surfing the ocean the, the way you do? I mean, uh, if it was strictly a business, because you're, you're convincing me that you went to work, yeah, mm-hmm. and you had to keep a business afloat, yeah, but but you were drawn to that sort of work. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was the latest, greatest surf gear was not only a job, but it was a lot of fun to you. Yeah, well, you know, the day-to-day activities, I mean, you just look forward to those times where you can get off and go surfing, you know. So work is work, surfing, surfing. and Was that hard to separate? Uh, being on the East Coast, not so much because the waves, you know, you wait for them all the time. So you're constantly waiting. So you can, you can put all that on the back burner and just, and just work, you know what I mean? And knowing, you know, I guess one of the things that's good is knowing, you know, when the month, when the sun and moon and stars are right and you look over here like Puerto Rico and, and, um, 
you know, it's going to be good. You can look online. You can get on your phone and find out when the waves are going to be best. You can fly over there and, and surf for five days knowing it's going to be good, you know. And so back in the old days, you didn't do that. But nowadays, you can actually time it. So. Why do crazy people on the East Coast surf in hurricanes? Um, Are you one of those crazy people oh, that have yeah, surfed in hurricanes? Yeah, definitely, definitely. You um, know, we, we, we think you're nuts when you do that, but why? I mean, is it the exhilaration of having the waves you normally don't have? Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. That is that is the epic. That's when the waves come in and they're the best. Now, you got a lot going on, so you got swell and wind, swell direction, and all of this, so everything's got to mix together to produce that perfect way. But that is the best time. But you've kind of got an angry ocean, don't you, Joe? I mean, you you got. I mean, there's some danger there that normally there doesn't exist. There is some danger. You ever there. had the? You ever had the? Uh, you ever had been had the crap scared out of you during a storm surfing? Oh yeah, yeah. I've had um. The most scared I've ever been was in Hawaii. Probably, I went out. As my daughters lived out there for five years, so. They just moved to California like two years ago. But like five years ago, I, I looked at the waves. I was like, <clears throat> it's a little big. Uh, I think I'm going to be okay, though. So I paddle out there, and I'm just paddling out. Next thing, you know, a wave just lands on top of me and pushes me to the bottom of the reef. And I'm on t- I'm, I'm like held down on the reef, you know, at the time. And I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm over my head, you know. I got to get in. But I did manage to catch one wave. You don't... You don't want to do the paddle of shame. The paddle of shame is where you go out, you realize it's too big or too scary, and you paddle back in. So I managed to get my one way <laughs> and paddle in. But uh, East Coast, um, you know, this is this wasn't that long ago. I was on, uh, it's like a huge northeaster. This is like last year, and it, and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna paddle out and catch one wave. It's super choppy, you know. And I get out there, and I'll send a wave breaks in front of me, and that's how I know I'm right in front of the pier, and it washed me right into the pier there. So that really freaked me out. So, Okay, so you've run so- – hey, I got one more story, though. Sure. This is, this is, um, so this is last year at Masonboro. I don't know if you ever – it's in between Carolina Beach and Wrightsville Beach. So uh, – and you got to generally take a boat over there. But my friend um, decided he didn't want to go. So I said, I'm just going to paddle across. And so it's like, and it's about a 10-minute paddle across there. I, I have experienced a shark there one time, like a big shark. And I said I wasn't going to paddle ever again. But so I got over there, and my other friend just broke his neck. It was like big. And I had a, a sales rep broke his neck over wow. there earlier in the day. So I was out there. I knew he broke his I knew he, he broke it. But he's okay. He didn't. He's not paralyzed. He's already back surfing. Everything's good. He's a good friend of mine. And um, but and it was big. And I was just trying to catch the corners, you know. I didn't want to get the big one like that. So just being very careful and stuff. Especially, you know, at my age, I don't want to break my neck. <laughs> okay. And and your age is the reason that you think it's time to do something else. Yes, yes, definitely. How how has running salties changed? I got to believe when you started, there weren't as many big boxes. 
There was not online shopping. There weren't people coming into your store to check out what your price is and then go online and buy it from some land far, yeah. far away. Mm-hmm. I've always tried to be loyal to local business. Yeah. Um, but but how have you seen, is it harder? Is it easier? What's harder about it? What do you like about it? What don't you like about it through the years as these other competitive forces come into play? Yeah, it's all about you've got to get your product mix, okay? If you don't have your product mix, you can pretty much forget it. You're you're going to be out of business soon, more sooner than later. So you got to get your product mix. And getting your product mix is tough because you're dealing with other stores, uh, say Schofield's, Natural Outdoors, um, Palmetto Moon in the mall, Palmetto Outpost. Everybody's got their thing. Their thing. Now, a lot of a lot of you mix a lot of stuff. Seems like everybody wants my stuff. Okay, for some reason I come to town. And everybody wants Saudi's stuff. So they're able to get my stuff. I try to get their stuff negative, especially Palmetto Moon, those guys over there. Um, I had one line. They told they told those guys, if you sell to Saudi's, if you continue to sell to Saudi's, basically we're not ordering anything from you. You got 18, 20 stores. So they just totally pulled our line. But you got to have, you know, right now the big ones would be Birkenstock, and number two would be Chubby's and Hey Dude's. One, two, three. And Olakai and Reef, Rainbow, everything else. But you got to have that mix to get, you know, to attract the young people. It's all about people in school. So elementary school all the way through college and then the mothers. Forget the guys. Who do you listen Forget to, Joe? You're, you're in your 60s. Mm-hmm. You may not know what a 20-year-old wants. Who do you listen to? How do you know what to have as a product line so the 20 or 22 or 23-year-old wants it. Yeah, I remember, you know, back in the day when Palmetto Moon came to town, I was, um, you know, I thought I had a good product mix, you know, and, you know, we were doing very well, and then they came to town. As soon as they got to town, I don't know if the upstart of the Southern Clothing Lines, have you heard of those guys? Sure, sure. Like, say, um, let's see, what was the big one? Um, um Southern Tide? Southern Tide. That's the big one, yeah. So they came to town, and everybody wanted Southern Tide. And I, I could not get that because that's so they already had that. But you knew you needed to have it. You I knew there was a demand for it. I had to have something because I knew the Southern. That's when I said I got to get into the Southern clothing thing. A surf shop getting into Southern clothing. You know, I'm probably one of the few ones that's done that, no doubt. But I knew I had to do it because, um, you know, they were just kicking my butt, man, you know. So that's when I didn't have the Southern Tide, but I had Southern Point, Coastal Cotton, um, Southern Marsh. I had several other lines. It's basically, it's very close, you know. It's so close that just as good a lines, they just didn't have the Southern Tide name, but people love these lines. So that's what kept, you know, you just got to keep abreast of what the kids want, you know. And you go to shows, shows help you. You go to shows and you see what's, What's happening? Or you can go to California, take a trip out to California. Or what what are they what are they wearing out there? You know, I've heard that if California in, in your line of work, if they're wearing it in California, a year from now they'll be wearing it there in South go. Carolina. Is but, that kind of the case? So not the Southern clothing line. That's sure. That's specific to us, but yeah, you're you're exactly right. So when did the flip-flop become a fashion statement. When I was young, the surfers and the hippies wore flip-flops. Yeah. And my dad said, don't wear them damn flip-flops. You're yeah. not a surfer and you're not a hippie. Mm-hmm. When did it become acceptable 
for all of us to wear flip flops. Well, that's you know that has been my salty's thing, no doubt. From since probably, God, when did I get the rainbow? The rain when when the rainbow hit, I cannot remember the exact year that was. That was probably nineteen. 1988 or something like that, or 89, right around there. But when that hit, and people just loved the rainbows. And, um, and I was like, whoa, this is crazy. So I got to um, I got to capitalize on this, you know. And that's when I, if you go into the store, you realize, man. Well, there's flip-flops everywhere. There's flip-flops flip everywhere. It's flip-flop heaven. And that's where, that's where I've made my money, or, you know, able to pay the bills through the rainbow. I got a funny story about the rainbow. This is funny. Okay, so um, <clears throat> this is when it was huge. I mean, in, you pre-book. So are you familiar with pre-booking oh, the yes. name pre-book? So you pre-book your orders. I got a shipment coming in in March. Got a shipment coming in in May. Got a shipment coming in in July. Three shipments. And so I ran out. I ran out. So I call. I know the guy who owns the rainbow. He is an international business. He still answers the phone to this day. This guy answers this phone. Wow. His name's Sparky. So, and, and I, you know, he answered the phone. I said, Sparky, um, uh, I'm out of rainbows, man. Can can I get an order? And he goes, I don't know what you're doing down there, man. You obviously don't know what you're doing. You need to get somebody who knows how to run a business because if you did, you had these things pre-booked. I was like, Sparky, I do have them pre-booked. He goes, well, obviously you don't have pre-booked enough. I don't know what to tell you, man. You just, and he just hangs up on me. I was like, I was like, man, okay, this is crazy. So I called back. Uh, it scars my voice. I said, "Give me the shipping department." He says, "Okay." <laughs> says, John and shipping. I say, "This is this is Jerva Salty's John." I tell you what, you ship me some rainbows today. I'm going to send you five T-shirts. What's your favorite brand? And so anyway, I was getting rainbows. I was shipping them T-shirts. Everything was cool. And then Sparky found out about it, and man, he was so angry. He said, "He said I cannot talk to Joe. If I talk to him." Uh, I, I got I, so he had a secretary call me and I was like, "Yeah, you're, he's right. He's right. I did do that." And uh, but anyway, he didn't he didn't nix me or anything. So I was I was lucky to be able to keep the line. Is, is, is Ola Kai kind of the uh, the high end yeah, of flip flops? Why whole, do you think they've done so well? That's a whole other story right there. So um, I was wearing the rainbows and I you know I sat on my feet all day, like ten hours a day, and my feet were just absolutely killing me. And I was like, "Whoa." I need a flip-flop that really um, more of an orthopedic-type flip-flop, you know, to really help me out. So I started wearing the Birkenstocks for a while. You know, I'm more of a surfer guy, so I like the flip-flop. And also I went to a trade show, and I was walking around, and I saw this leather flip-flop like with the orthopedic bottom. I was like, that is what I've been looking for. So <clears throat> I've been wearing them ever since. So I do love them. And uh, it really so – I can go home. I can, I can stand on my feet all day, go home. My feet don't hurt, and uh, and but that is definitely uh, a game changer for sure. And those guys, they that was one thing that was missing in the marketplace. They filled a void, you know. What they, what, what was missing? A high end flip flop. Yeah, high end flip flop. Yeah, because that's another twenty or thirty bucks above the rest of them. But that's but what, people love them. People love them. Yes, Joe. Why do you believe the community has been so good to Salties? I mean, you're talking about how hard you work to get it established, mm -hmm. the chances you took moving around in the mall, went up on the lease. Yeah. I mean, that's the story of small business. Mm -hmm. You know that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you've got a lot of small business friends as I do. I mean, I, I told somebody earlier, you can write it all on a sheet of paper. 
it doesn't apply. Mm. I mean, the world gets in the way. Things don't ever go as planned. Why do you think this community over the last 40 years has been good to Joe Waters and, and Salties? Uh, I think it is the product. It's got it's the product mix. I mean, if you don't have what the people want, they're not coming in. You know, they'll come in and say hello to you, but they're not going to buy anything. So you got to have what the kids want. So you constantly got to evolve. If you don't evolve... You're, you're, and plus, I guess another thing is you got, you know, the owner needs to be, it's a tough business, you know, so the owner's got to be there to see what's going on, and he's got to hear what the customers say to you, so you can have an idea, Joe, why don't you have this, Joe, I want you to have, oh, well, I need to look into that, so, you know, and the customer's always right. <laughs> is it frustrating online shopping, the impersonal. I mean, you, you've always impressed me. The times I've gone in there and you've been there, we struck up a conversation, Um I don't like to buy online because it's impersonal. Yeah. It, there, there's no relationship there. You built your business, I think you're telling me, on, on relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, the online thing. I it, mean, it's real. You know it. I mean, yeah. I see the data. I mean, people are shopping online like crazy, but and they're hurting small business as a result of it. When the COVID hit, though, people decided they got to get out the house. So I think more people started going into stores when the COVID hit, you know. How hard was it to run your business during COVID? Um, I mean, that's a different world. That was like an alien experience yeah, it that was we all lived I through. Thought, I thought I was going – I thought it was it for size. I said, Connie, this is it. We're, Ain't going to make it through this we're, one. We're, yeah, it's over with. Let's go ahead and make plans. And this thing I knew – and I didn't want to close. I wasn't going to close, but my managers, they said – Okay, we're if you keep it open, we're quitting, is what they told me. And I was like, I was like, okay, I guess I'm gonna shut it down for and we shut it down for only two weeks, you know. And we did then we started doing the um the uh, pickup, you know, the front door pickup or whatever, or people buy it online and take it out to them and hand it to them. Did that and then we opened back up. Next thing I know, it was just gangbusters. I was like, Whoa, what is going on here? And it was just wild, man. So You've decided to hang it up. Mm. You decided to move on and do something else. Yeah. Um, I mean, what happens to Salties? It, it, it seems that people have gotten so accustomed to you being there, and if you're not there, it's not going to be the same. Yeah. But nothing's forever. Mm. I mean, I'm not, you're not, nobody is. What What motivated you to say now is the time to to try something different? Uh, I, you know, it's been, we've had four great years, you know, of, as Salties, and I was like, you know, What's next after four good? Four, it could be four bad years, you know. I'm like, so I, you know, I'm a little concerned about the economy going forward. And you know, I'm 66 now, and and you know, I'm seeing friends of mine like Ray Harris. He just he just um, retired. Um, other friends, Jim Clemens, another good friend of mine. He just retired. So I think when you get to be 65, you know, the feeling is there. Hey. It's, the time's come, you know what I mean? You just tell your body, you know, I'm healthy and everything. I'm not having any problems, but, you know, I guess it's your mind says, okay, I think it's time, you know what I mean? Have you prepared, because I, I did this in a family business. Mm-hmm. I sold my share in 08. Joe, I couldn't ride by the building for six months. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a part of my life. It was yeah. my identity. It was my worth. It was everything that I that I, I believed in. Yeah. You'll experience that, that exact same yeah. thing. Have you worked that out internally? Introspectively, well, I I have a couple of people interested in the in the um, in the business now, 
everybody's told me I've done this wrong, okay? I probably have because, you know, everybody's already telling me I'm doing everything wrong, which is fine. But, <laughs> like, you know, like I, I said, how should I do this? I, you know, I like for somebody to keep Saudis going. And so what I did is the, you saw the Facebook post. Mm-hmm. And people said you should have went ahead and listed it with a real estate um, commercial broker. Okay, why didn't you? Because I mean, I'm not saying you should ever should not yeah, have. Because yeah. you're kind of a guy that that does things unconventionally. You've yeah, admitted that. Yeah. So why why did you decide to do it that way? Because I want to, you know I know it's I know it take a special person to make this work. It's not going to be somebody just thinks they can come in and and and, and do a clothing store. It's just not that you know you got. You got to know the product, man. You got to be you got you got to be a product person. Otherwise, you're not gonna make it, man. Because I mean, you're competing. You know, you got Palmetto Moon, Palmetto Outposts, Natural Outdoors, Schofields, a um, couple more here and there. And so, if you don't have that product mix to compete with these guys, it's over, man. So I want to talk personally to the person that's interested, because. Last thing I would want to do is somebody come in and do that and fail. You know, I want somebody does take over Saudis, I want them to be successful. So, so you're basically saying, I don't, put, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm hearing you kind of want to handpick the person yeah. that you think has what it takes exactly. to make it work another 40 years. Exactly. And you're not sure a real estate sale would define that? Well, no, I don't want to sell the real estate. Okay, I mean, you talk, but 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 it's still a a business transaction. A business transaction, yeah. You want to handpick somebody that you believe has it in them to make it work. I'm talking to several people right now, and you know, I'm listening to some people, but you know, it's it's a tough business, man. I mean, you can ask any of these people that's running it right now, and you, you know, it's it's about the product, man. Got nothing to do with you personally. If you ain't got the product, you can hang it up immediately. So you got to have that product. In the there. day you make the deal, mm-hmm. and Joe Waters is no longer the proprietor at Salters. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about owning the building, have some lease, and that's typical in in some of these um secession plans. But but what what do you want to wake up that morning and do? The the morning that you no longer <laughs> run Salties, what do you want to do? Well, it'll be. I've, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be more the same, okay? I'm, all we're gonna do is bounce around. It, my life will basically stay. What does bounce around mean, Joe? Bounce around. Uh, we got a condo at Carolina Beach, so we will live here at our house because we love our house. It's you know right there on Beaver Dam, next next to the swamp. I can wake up. I can look back there. It's a swamp back there, which is cool. Uh, you know, I like to play tennis, and you know, I got some tennis friends here, and then. We got uh, the beach at Carolina Beach. I want to go up there and kind of bounce between those two. And my daughters live in California. Now, this is a great story. So my wife rides motorcycles. She wants to get on a motorcycle and ride to California. So I'm going to get our we got a little small RV, put the dogs in there, and we're going to – I got to get a new car. <laughs> Mike, Mike Rickenbach, I need a new car. <laughs> you don't trust yours to go no. cross country. I know the feeling. I don't trust mine to go cross country. I've got. I bought it from Mike. God, 2012, 2013. It's got 250,000 miles on it. And <laughs> it's on its last leg. So, um, <clears throat> so I got. I got to get a new car before we do this. And so we we'll go see the girls out in California. Stay there until they get tired of us and send us back. But um, I, I don't. Last question, and I don't want you to pat yourself on your back. But but how proud are you 
that for the last 40 some odd years, Salty's, a surf shop in damn Florence that I said will close down in six months and somebody be selling barbecue out of there. But how proud are you that for 40 years you've been part of the business fabric of this community? I'm very proud to pull this off because at one time now we had, I had three shops. I don't know if you noticed. I had one in Ocean Isle, one in Florence, one in Columbia. And then we opened Blaze, the hockey store, Blaze. I don't know, do you remember that? I do. Okay, that's my wife. I thought that, that was crazier than Saudi's. Yeah, yeah, Blaze. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. And she was pregnant at the time with my son. And uh, I think she had him while, yeah, she had him while she had the shop and she would take him up there with her. But I mean, that was a wild time. And and we ran into some problems right there with we had some shenanigans going on when the when the cats away the mice will play type thing you know and and there's a couple of close calls there to barely so I'm proud to be able to hang on and make it through all those hard circumstances to where I am right now and leave under your terms yeah yeah and that that's quite I mean the, the, I, I tip my hat to you yeah yeah and I mean that sincerely I, I said at the beginning I'll say it now mm-hmm. you and I have a lot of mutual friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we don't go on vacation together. We don't drink beer together. Yeah. But if I buy flip-flops, I buy it from, uh, from Saudis. And my daughter buys about six pair to every one pair, uh, you know, that I get from Saudis. But I'm, I'm happy for you. Yeah, and I think you. Florence is happy for you. Yeah. We just hope, and I mean this sincerely in a selfish way, we hope you find the right person. Well, thank you. And Saudis is here for another 40-some-odd years. I appreciate it. I got one question for you. Yes, sir. Can we get Breeze and Jeff to call in? <laughs> <laughs> you hear that Breeze and Jeff? Uh, the, the, the man's taking on comers. There you go. M- maybe Breeze and Jeff could form a partnership and buy salties. There you go. <laughs> Fair enough. Thank you, Joe. All right. Thank you.